This is Corkscrew Convos, another theme park podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And we're here today to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, let's get this disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. DJ, we have a very big topic. I think we can say a big topic today that we're going to discuss and dive into and and dissect, really, and that is boarding groups in theme parks, in entertainment, capacity management, all that sort of thing, versus standby queues. It's boarding groups versus standby queues. When should they be used? When should they not be used? What about restaurants? Because Space 2020 just opened, and we'll dive into all sorts of... Hold on. Are you okay? Do you do you smell that, DJ? Well, I didn't smell anything, but now I smell the sweet aroma of a very nice cherry wood burning, perhaps? Wait, is something burning? Oh my goodness. No, no, not... It's not burning. It's smoking. Oh. oh yeah, I get correct. a little bit of cherry. Uh-huh. Uh, some hickory, I think, and mm-hmm. mesquite. Really? Yes. Okay. Wait. Yes. Whoa! Look who it is! It's Pinehurst Barbecue Festival's own Andrew Stillwell. Hey guys, I've never been introduced that way before, and I really like it. So we'll go with it. <laughs> well, what are you doing here? Well, I, uh, you know, you guys also you invited me here, so I think you <laughs> you have the answer to that question, but. I think when I was here a couple of weeks ago for the B&M draft, um, your ratings are th- went through the roof and you were doing everything in your power to get me back on the podcast. I think that's exactly that's what I'm going to tell myself or tell my therapist, whoever I need to tell, really. Yes, um, you have a heck of an agent. It's really been difficult to, to get you on here. Yeah, we knew we couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk to you about the work that you did just recently at the inaugural year of the Pinehurst Barbecue Festival, which was hosted September 3rd through 5th of this year. Yeah, it was a it was a really good time. And I appreciate the platform to talk about my small town barbecue festival in an area that's not necessarily known for its barbecue, Pinehurst, obviously. As a North Carolinian, we all have our thoughts on barbecue, whether you prefer vinegar or tomato or whatever South Carolina does with their mustard sauce. I still haven't really figured that one out yet. No one has. Yeah, we uh, it was a really for a first year event. We are very proud of what we were able to put together. And uh, we think it was a, a, a raging success. And we're looking forward to doing it again next year, for sure. It also sounds like it was probably a scorcher of a day to happen on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> I I will tell you this. this um, we actually kind of lucked out with the weather. And right now I'm recording and we got like the first like hint of fall today. And it was the greatest. Like I was working with the windows open. Yes. But that weekend in Pinehurst, you know, we had had summer of, you know, mid nineties heat indexes in the triple digits mm. and the three days for the, the, um, the barbecue festival where it was Labor Day weekend, all of the events save for one were outdoors. We lucked out so much with the weather. It didn't rain. It was not a cloud in the sky and it was like 84, 85 degrees, which nice. still is kind of warm. Like I would have been really happy if it was like 78, 77 degrees, but Beggars can't be choosers, and the fact that we made it through an event with no rain as an event company is just 
I'm just very, very grateful for that. It sounds like the barbecue gods smiled upon Pinehurst. <laughs> you are not kidding. I, um, you know, another event we do is the U.S. Kids Golf World Championship, and we do that every summer in Pinehurst, the world's largest junior golf tournament. And with that event, we kind of do like an Olympic style parade of nations. And we've done that now for 14, 15 consecutive years. And every year we ask the barbecue gods or the golf gods or the parade gods, you know, a little bit of rain wouldn't wouldn't kill me if we uh, didn't have to do this parade. And every <laughs> year we we make make it through without rain. But this year. We get the parade going, steps off right at six o'clock. I'm big on that. And I'm in charge. I'm at the front of the parade. So 5.59 and 55 seconds, I'm going because it's it's happening. The show must happen. And we get this parade going. And about 6.20, as the parade is still kind of progressing, we hear this clap of thunder. And I'm just like, you you did it this year. You, you <laughs> finally did it. But we still have to clean it up. So we broke down that parade and all the associated elements with that in a thunderstorm. So I think the uh, the barbecue gods, the weather gods were kind of like, that was my bad. I owe you one. So we, we got through the barbecue festival quite nicely. Well, you said you were at the front of the parade. Does that mean that you were the guy with the big hat, with the poof on the top and the baton and you were throwing Marshall. the baton up in the air? The marshal? Was that you? No, I was the guy with the clipboard and the piece of paper <laughs> pointing at the fire, uh, local fire departments and police cars and marching band and uh, beauty queens and people in golf carts saying, you go, you go, you go, you go. And it went off without a hitch. Uh, we're not going to talk about the uh, breaking it down in a thunderstorm. That just wasn't wasn't very fun. I don't think it can be fun. I mean, doing anything in a thunderstorm. Maybe there's three or four things out there, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. Maybe reading just, a good book in a log cabin in Colorado. Yeah, inside. Yeah. Inside. Absolutely. <laughs> I was doing my best not to quote Caddyshack, you know, Bill Murray. The hard stuff's not coming down for quite some time now as I'm pulling out metal rebar and flagpoles and things <laughs> for the spread. And it's just like, okay, just hang on. Come, come and get me. <laughs> I have never actually been to an actual barbecue festival, but I'm feeling like it's something that I'm going to need to do, especially because especially because I've become so invested and, dare I say, well-versed in the art of slow-smoking meat. So if you would, please walk us through it with a little bit of an audio journey. What was the experience like to visit the Pinehurst Barbecue Festival? So... With that, I want to actually kind of get into the origins of the Pinehurst Barbecue Festival a little bit. And it is an owned event. Um, a company I work for is Tario Communication Solutions in Pinehurst. And with that, we have a kind of like a secondary sister company called Tar Heel Festivals. It's a family-owned company. Um, it's my dad and my younger brother and I. And we've got a business partner on the festival side. So we are a very small event team in Pinehurst in its nature. If you don't know Pinehurst, it's an area um, about an hour south of Raleigh, North Carolina, and two hours east of Charlotte. So to kind of triangulate that for you, um, if you like golf, you know the name Pinehurst. It's hosted, you know, more USGA championships. It's hosted, you know, countless U.S. Opens. It's going to host even more in the next 20 years. I think they've scheduled out to like 20. 47 and they have like five u.s opens between now and 2047 it's it's nuts <laughs> but 
you know, Pinehurst as it's as an area, it's not really known for its barbecue. Like I mentioned, North Carolina, we we've got the vinegar to the east, tomato to the west. And again, we don't talk about what goes on south of the state line with mustard <laughs> sauce. Um, and we just, we had this idea that we wanted to kind of create a festival that we own. So we kind of looked at the events in the area and nobody was really doing a barbecue festival. And so we reached out this whole thing. It kind of began with a brainstorming session with Ed Mitchell, who, if you don't know the name Ed Mitchell, he is this pitmaster from Wilson, North Carolina, originally um, known for his whole hog chop barbecue, legendary, legendary pitmaster in the state. And you know, we kind of kicked around the idea he was going to work another event for us. And then COVID kind of got in the way. But in that brainstorming session, my dad was asking me, he goes, you know, we're talking about doing a barbecue festival. What do you think about the Ed Mitchell Pitmaster Invitational? And Ed and his son, Ryan, um, who kind of manages Ed's kind of business operations, their eyes got pretty big and they're like, we like that idea a lot. And so from that, it kind of grew into the Pitmaster Invitational. And then the Pitmaster Invitational kind of grew into this weekend event that had a concert on Friday night. It had grilling classes on Saturday. It had a bourbon pairing, bourbon tasting and pairing on Saturday night. Uh, there was a VIP sponsor thing on Saturday night. And then Sunday all day on Labor Day weekend was what became the Pitmaster Invitational. So we had five Pitmasters from around the state of North Carolina um, each cooking a different meat and side. So Ed was doing whole hog and coleslaw. And then we had Christopher Prieto from Prime Barbecue in Nightdale, who if you're a Food Network fan, he finished in the top five on the most recent season of Barbecue Brawl with Bobby Flay and Michael Simon and Eddie Jackson. We had Adam Hughes, who is from Old Colony Smokehouse in Edenton, kind of way out east. He did spare ribs. Um, and he actually was on an episode of Chopped with Christopher Prieto, kind of the North Carolina pitmasters Chopped. And so Adam won that episode of Chopped. Uh, those three guys were joined by Joe Lombrezo, who's the head chef at Backyard Bistro in Raleigh. And uh, Joe did um, pork belly and sausage and kind of did the pork belly in a sous vide style, which was really, really yeah. delicious. I love and, pork belly. Ooh. Oh yes. It was, it was amazing. And then the, uh, the fifth pit master we had was this guy named Ashley Shepard uh, from a restaurant, a local restaurant, uh, Carthage, North Carolina called the pick and pig. And it's again, small town. So we all, we all have our favorite small town things, but the pick and pig is just, they're known for their barbecue and the restaurant is slash was, uh, it was located on uh, this kind of grass airstrip. So people would fly in just to get a barbecue sandwich and they would fly out. And unfortunately, as we were kind of planning for this festival, uh, the pick and pig burned down. Mm -hmm. And, um, but this event was the first thing that pick and pig did uh, since the restaurant burned down uh, back during the summer. So it was it was good for the local community to kind of get them out and get, you know, have people say, hey, they're coming back and kind of get their taste. But um, Christopher Prieto did brisket and what he called Big Boss Beans. Adam Hughes did spare ribs and sweet corn salad. 
Uh, Joe, as I mentioned, did the sausage pork belly and he made uh, hush puppies. And then Ashley Shepard did uh, chicken and sweet potato casserole. So it was uh, the Pitmaster Invitational itself was an amazing event. We had breweries, we had uh, barbecue sauce vendors, we had all this stuff. And I feel like I'm rambling a lot. No, so this you guys... is making my mouth water. <laughs> oh, my word. One of so. my favorite, um, I'm really into aviation and uh, one of my favorite influencers, I think he visited uh, a restaurant on a, on like a grass landing strip. And I'm wondering now is, was that the pick and pig that he went to? It would have been very, before the summer. Yeah, it, it very well could be. Um, they've been, they were on um, food paradise. And I think all of the, um, I forgot about that show. Pit, food paradise. I know. Yeah. Um, all the pit masters have been on TV in one way or another, you know, Ed Mitchell was on Throwdown with Bobby Flay, which is kind of the predecessor to beat Bobby Flay. Mm. And he actually beat him, uh, cooking North Carolina barbecue ribs. Oh <laughs> yeah. So he's he, Ed Mitchell has beaten Bobby Flay. Adam Hughes is one chopped. Christopher Prieto was on the barbecue brawl. Uh, Joe Lombrezo in the Backyard Bistro, they were on a show on Destination America that kind of talked mm-hmm. about amazing backyard grill setups. And I will send you guys a picture of this rig that Joe cooked on. It is the craziest backyard grilling catering rig that's got four grills and a, <laughs> a fryer for making hush puppies. And it's just it is absurd to see live. And I will just I'll preface it with that. And then, like I said, Ashley was on Food Paradise for their, um, you know, the kind of the nuance of being able to fly in and enjoy some barbecue. Huh. Yeah, it's definitely something I would want to go to. I mean, so if I was at the festival this year, what was the experience like? I mean, I've been to various festivals where you just go and you have a ticket and you can basically sample as much as you want. There's been others where it's kind of they'll say it's a festival, but it's really kind of a food truck experience in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. What was this like? So it the festival itself was a three day event. And the first night we had a concert that did have some we had some food trucks um, that weren't actually barbecue themed. We kind of figured people would be saturated on barbecue throughout the weekend. Um, But we had a concert that was we had two bands. We had a band called the Trailer Park Romeos, who is a band that's sponsored by Travel Resorts of America, who was the sponsor for the concert. And this is not branded content, dear listener. I apologize. I just have to say it. Um, But they were the opening act for a local-based band called Mackenzie's Mill. They're actually Nashville recording artists, but the two lead singers grew up in uh, West End, which is about 15 minutes from Pinehurst. And it was the first time they had performed together and with their band since COVID had started. Oh, wow. And it was – but they they were great. They're – Again, check them out there on Spotify, McKenzie's Mill. Again, not sponsored content. Do what you want. This is fine. Um, and then Saturday, we had the grilling class that was uh, it was a limited ticketed event. The grilling class, about 250 people. But Christopher Prieto and Joe Lombrezo kind of taught grilling techniques. And there was kind of a tasting menu that had uh, burgers and a shrimp salad, like a shrimp seaweed salad and with scallops. Uh, beef tenderloin, grilled peaches, and there was one other thing, but they kind of taught different grilling techniques. And then Saturday night uh, with our partners, Pioneer's Resort, we had an event called Bourbon and Bites, which um, was held at their bourbon bar at the resort. Uh, It's called the North and South Bar. Mm. And there were five different bourbon tastings. 
paired with five chef curated kind of tastings, small mm-hmm. bites. And then Saturday, there was a there was a big it was one ticket. And I actually stole this going back to the theme park. I stole the idea from the theme park food festivals of the uh, lanyard with a punch card. Oh, yeah. And so you, you bought this lanyard and we haven't um, graduated to the scanning technology that a lot of the parks have adapted where you can scan the QR code and it automatically tracks. So we were a little school with just handheld hole punchers. There's nothing wrong but, with that. Scanning just no, gets absolutely. in the way. The internet goes yeah. out, and then oh, yep. we can't redeem it. <laughs> just right. Yeah. So we had the we had the punch cards, and it was like a little five by seven card. And each pit master had uh, their meat and their sides. So again, it was barbecue and coleslaw, or brisket and beans. You would go up to that pit master. You would present your card. They would punch it. You would get a four ounce serving of meat and a four ounce serving of side. And you would do that at the five pit masters. And so this was, and like I mentioned, we had the, we had nine uh, local and regional breweries. Um, We had a dessert pavilion. There was a whiskey pavilion. There was a wine bar. Uh, There were some local vendors just selling their wares and promoting their businesses. And then we had kind of an alley of uh, barbecue sauce vendors and they were competing in what we called the sauce showdown um so they took home medals and it was a it was a big big undertaking but there were desserts the the the, there was a gourmet banana pudding bar at this new bakery that opened up early oh my gosh Um, (laughs) yes so you were not if you if you did it right you were not going to leave hungry no way (laughs) so that's that's the that's the experience, and I think we had a uh, we had three more local bands who kind of played on a concert stage throughout the day, so you could come enjoy the live music. And the ticket was only if you wanted to eat. You we mm-hmm. took took over the Greater Village of Pinehurst, which is a small New England style village. So we kind of closed some streets down. You could still walk in, but if you wanted to eat, you needed that punch card ticket. Um, but yeah, if you just wanted to come in, have some local beers, enjoy some music, go find some banana pudding or drink some whiskey. I mean, that was, it was fair game. That sounds incredible. Oh my word. (laughs) There are so many people I've talked to and maybe I'm just talking to the wrong people. They don't know that a bourbon tasting is a thing. Like they're like Mm -hmm. bourbon tasting. What are you talking about? And I'm like, you have to try it. If, if, If you're of age and you can do that, uh, incredible experience. And to know that that's included with some barbecue pairings, that sounds even better to me. I will say the bourbon, there was a bourbon, the bourbon was a la carte. The event on Saturday night was a separate ticket. And that was kind of our most expensive ticket of the weekend. Sure. But, um, but it was also limited to a hundred people because of space limitations in the bar and COVID and all that good stuff. But there was one distillery uh, that was doing kind of bourbon sampling. So that was, it was, I'm telling you, it was a fun event. And the feedback we've gotten um, from everybody has been phenomenal. We had a flyover at noon, kind of as like a hey, cool an opening ceremony. We mm-hmm. uh, there's a a local group or local to Raleigh. They're called the Bandit Flight Team, and they do a lot of flyovers at football games and things like that. Excellent, DJ. You you know mentioned you're an aviation geek, so I mean these guys they're in kind of like old warbird planes. They've yes. got the smoke. Um, 
it, it was really, really cool to see. And I knew it was coming. So I was able to get on a kind of an elevated platform so I could take a picture of everything with the flyover happening in the crowds. And it was just, it was so cool to see. I'm taking this picture and, you know, we worked hard that week. I mm-hmm. mean, it, like mm-hmm. I said, a four, four person event team, but I'm this opening ceremony at noon. I just have this big, big smile on my face and this kind of feeling of accomplishment. Like, yeah. wow, we did that. And so those old planes have such an iconic sound too. I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. you see the stealth and the, and the bombers and stuff coming and that's cool. But those old, old planes, the sound that they make is just so distinctive. Right. It's just, it was nuts. And I just, I think, it was a perfect day weather-wise. Everybody had a good time. The lines were a little long, but you know when it's eighty-five degrees and sunny on a Sunday afternoon, and everybody's been inside for the past eighteen months, there's people are going to want to go to things and do things. Yeah, it sounds like even though this was the first year of the festival, it was a success all around. I, I think it's safe to say that. I think we're we were very happy with how it turned out. Um, like I mentioned, we, we worked hard. I mean, there was, I was in the, the village itself and the, the pit masters were cooking overnight Friday or Saturday night into Sunday. And so about 1130 at night, I'm like leaving our office and I'm, you know, I can smell the pork cooking on Ed Mitchell's smokers <laughs> and the village just smells phenomenal. And then I'm back that the next morning at like 445, 5 a.m., and um, so I didn't sleep a lot. We worked very hard, but I think it was very, very successful. Wow. What was the best thing that you ate out of that whole festival? One thing, what was it? Okay. This is going to sound like the worst cop-out answer in the world. On Sunday, I did not eat. I was too busy kind of troubleshooting, doing everything else. About four o'clock, the first thing I had to eat that entire day, and the professor went from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., I went to one of the pitmasters who didn't have a line at that point. And I said, can I have, you know, it was Adam Hughes from Old Colony Smokehouse. He was doing spare ribs, and his side dish was a sweet corn salad. The corn salad, bar none, was one of the best, most refreshing, and it may have been because I hadn't eaten in like 18 hours, but it was, the corn was fresh. It had cucumbers and tomatoes and onions and pimentos, and it had like this olive oil and mayonnaise base. It was the perfect, perfect bite on a hot kind of, albeit a little bit muggy, a little bit humid North Carolina day. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not avoiding the barbecue question, but I honestly, I did not get to try any of the barbecue. That's the, that's the bad part about doing events is you're too busy making sure everybody else is having a good time. Yes. Can relate to you on that. (laughs) I was going to say you guys, you guys both know that world a little bit. So next time you got to have like a, an extra homemade badge that says barbecue inspector or (laughs) barbecue taste test. And it says, all right, Ed, how's everybody doing today? You doing great. Uh, let me just take a quick look. I'll take a, one of that, one of that, one of that. All right. See you at the festival. Great job. <laughs> yep. I, you know, I could do it. And I had, I had some of the, the beef tenderloin at the grilling class on Saturday. That was phenomenal, but I am still thinking about that corn salad. So <laughs> I, I've, I've got to go with the corn salad on here. And I don't know if uh, Adam will find his way to this podcast, but Adam, thank you. 
shout out to you in that corn salad. That was fantastic. It sounds like it. But speaking of the grilling classes, was that mainly for beginners who maybe grill a couple of times a year and then this is for them to pick up new tips and tricks? Or was it intermediate bringing them to an even higher level? It was it was probably a mixed bag. I think the, the main draw was, you know, Christopher Prieto, again, prime barbecue. He's got some of the best brisket. And there was an article not too long ago in a Texas-based magazine talking about how good this guy who lives in North Carolina's brisket is. So if you know the Texans are talking about it, it's got to be pretty good. <laughs> oh, um, wow. So he was kind of the main draw. And coming off of his appearance on Barbecue Brawl, he does these at his restaurant from time to time. And so it's it's like kind of a open-ended Q&A. He's like, this is how I season this, or this is how I strip this down and get rid of the fat and you know all this stuff. So there were a lot of people taking notes. Um, I know my girlfriend's family, they actually came down from New York and my girlfriend's mom wrote down literally everything he was saying. So I don't know <laughs> if she's put that into practice yet. But there were people taking good notes and asking all sorts of questions. And there was a moment in the grilling class where Christopher's talking about how he builds his burger patties and he uses white bread as a binder, just like your store bought plain white bread, no crust. He uses that as a binder. And somebody kind of asked him a question. He goes, is sourdough bread a bad idea? And Christopher kind of stops what he's doing. He's got these, you know, dark sunglasses on. He, he turns and he stares right at the guy and he goes, yes. And then he continues what he's doing. It was just the, <laughs> just the most deadpan, great answer. And I, it's one of those things you had to be there, but it was just, that's the one thing that sticks out to me from the grilling class is just, I mean, he was working the crowd really well and it was a, it was an opportunity to kind of interact with two of the pit masters for the weekend and kind of a casual low key setting. Mm. It, that just sounds like a really great opportunity. Do you know, or even are you allowed to say, is the Pinehurst Barbecue Festival potentially going to return next year? That is the plan right now. We've, we're penciling in Labor Day weekend, and uh, we're still kind of going through the uh, the motions of wrapping up an event, making sure we liked everything, kind of tweaking it. But the plan right now is to bring it back next year over Labor Day weekend. Um, I will go ahead and throw a plug out for the Piners Barbecue Festival, Facebook, Instagram, and website, Piners Barbecue Festival. And that's barbecue spelled C-U-E, which is the only proper way to spell barbecue, if you ask oh. me. It's not BBQ. Oh. It's not Q-U-E. Sorry, guy from Kansas City. I apologize. <laughs> um Barbacoa. But oh, that's that's okay. And of course, you can't see it at home, dear listener, because you're listening. But the logo for the event that you have on your shirt, Andrew, looks really cool too. It's like this pine cone with a flame around it, but it's this very modern-looking, clean logo. I love that. Yeah, that's the one thing a lot of people say about this. They see the logo, and I've got to give a shout out to my fellow Coaster101.com writer, Kyle Lindner. And Kyle is a um, a trained graphic designer. Like he has a degree in graphic design and I've worked with him on a couple of logos and we were coming up with the early workings of this festival. And we're like, well, we need a logo. And so I tell my dad, I'm like, I'm going to reach out to Kyle. And I was like, Kyle, here are the parameters of this logo. We would like something that involves golf or pine cones or something to promote a barbecue festival without using a cartoon pick. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And no joke, the first thing he sent me was this pine cone logo with a, a flame on it. He had that back to me in like four hours. And that was the look. <laughs> it looks it so the, good too. Four it was, hours. It it was a it was a one like it was we only needed one take because mm-hmm. that was perfect and it has been perfect. And you know, that was that's the one thing anybody says when they see the logo. If we're doing, you know, promoting it through uh the sponsorship deck or anything, it's like that logo is amazing. So I gotta give a shout out to Kyle. Um because without him, it wouldn't have looked this good because then it was going to be turned over to me. And you don't want me doing uh, custom logos that, you know, if you actually want them to look good. And that's not trying to like slight my graphic design technique. I just know Kyle's really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and any barbecue festival, you brought up a good point. Like it's always a pig or a cow or a chicken or a combination or a trio. This could really kind of stand on its own. Like, yeah, it is a barbecue festival. But what you've talked about is, it's more than just barbecue. There's so much other things going on besides that. It is. And Pinehurst is, it's an area that's, if you drive in the area and I highly recommend visiting Pinehurst, I don't work for the CVB, but um, <laughs> there's pine trees everywhere and pine cones mm-hmm. on the ground. We get the giant open um, people will sometimes, if they're staying at Pinehurst Resort, they will go out and they will pick up one of the big pine cones and they will take home the big pine cones. So mm. yeah, it's, it is a, it's a nice tie into the local area. Um, like I said, it's known for golf, but the pine trees in the area is, it's kind of one of those things that people don't really realize, but when you see Pinehurst, I mean, the village of Pinehurst itself, uh, they have a pine cone in their like corporate logo so perfect the pine cone and pinehurst is it's got some significance for sure well riddle me this and i don't know if this is a thing or if it's not a thing is it possible to smoke a pine cone or smoke with a pine cone like put the pine cone in the firebox i'm i'm sure it is i this is you're you're getting in uncharted territory. When you ask the question, is it possible to smoke a pine cone? I was like, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't on the outline. Smoke. I was like, you can smoke anything. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, that's no, what I keep I, uh, telling DJ. <laughs> you can smoke anything. You can smoke mean chocolate you chip cookies. Doesn't mean you right. should. I, I don't. I don't know the. Uh, that would be an experiment for another day. And it's that's something that's above my pay grade as the operations and creative and social media guy behind the uh, the barbecue festival. Welcome to the second annual Pinehurst Barbecue Festival. Our first demonstration will be smoking pine combs. <laughs> I don't know. Presented by Snoop Dogg. Oh. <laughs> well... I don't know if, if I'm throwing random things out there because my, my mind was going to a few different places when I was when I was learning about this festival is other common or maybe slightly common festival anchor topics like chili or chicken wings. (laughs) Do you think that there's any maybe future in expanding what this is or maybe even what your company does to having a a chicken wing festival that I went to once, I think it was late 2017. And they're just, you go and you go to each of these vendors and they'd give you one chicken wing and it was Mm -hmm. heaven. (laughs) 
I, I can't speak for our event itself. I do know that in Rockingham, North Carolina, which this is getting really niche. Like if you've got non-North Carolinians listening to this podcast, and I'm sure you have a lot of those, <laughs> they've they've tuned out right now because they're like Rockingham. What does that mean? But I know they do a chicken. They do a, um, a chicken festival. Um, Salisbury, North Carolina, actually, they do a, a weekend festival surrounding the uh, soft drink cheer wine. Uh, big wow. North, Car- big North Carolina. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh, that's product. so obscure. <laughs> it it really is. But the Cheerwine Festival is awesome. I actually went a couple of years ago, and it's a full on street festival. They've got vendors selling Cheerwine themed products, Cheerwine themed bar, like Cheerwine flavored foods, kind of infusing Cheerwine into their thing. And at the end, they've got a big concert. And because it's the Cheerwine soda putting this festival on it originated in salisbury they had smash mouth perform at this uh, festival oh, like wow. two, uh, three years ago it was great yeah i cannot like think it. of anything better than seeing smash mouth after an all-day festival but it is kind of i mean this all is relevant if you think about it think of all the theme parks that have now adopted some sort of festival something to keep people coming back when a capital investment investment you may see one every two every three sometimes every 10 years, a park close mm-hmm. to me. Um, but Silver Dollar City. Different park, different park. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the one with the fun worlds. Yeah, yeah that one. Anyway. Uh, but, you know, having festivals are super important because they keep guests coming back. And these are important topics because these are things that theme parks could adopt if they don't already do something similar. I mean, the barbecue festival, I know a lot of parks do. And, of course, you have Halloween and, and, and holiday time. But Chicken Wing Festival, I've not heard of. Oh, it, it was, I'm telling you, you got to get to Rockingham. Uh, they they do it big. I Rockingham. think Kennywood. Be there. <laughs> Kennywood does the pierogi festival, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of any other obscure ones out there, but that's the one that always comes to mind. Valley Fair does the corn feast. I oh, I, I know I, I know corn that feast. Okay. Yes, and I think you know Valley Fair. They're big on their food. Um, they they love their hot dishes up in Minnesota. So between corn and hot dishes, I think they're They've got a winner on their hands with the food scene there. Um, but Chris, DJ, I can't remember who asked the question about expanding, but our our company, we actually do also manage what we call the Festival de Avion, which is an air show at the Moore County hey. Air, Airport um, in Southern Pines, North Carolina. Again, super niche topic, but we've got a, um, a really good relationship with Fort Bragg and kind of Fort Bragg is the world's yeah the country's largest military army installation and so we've had that event it's going to be its third year coming up this october actually uh it was supposed to be april 2020 then it was going to be october 2020 then it was going to be april 2021 and we're gonna we've punted it for the third time to october 2021 we have you know, military displays like Black Hawk helicopters, and mm-hmm. we've got an Osprey from the Marine Corps. So, and that's coupled with like classic aircraft and classic cars and things like that. So, those are our two big festivals we do right now. We're talking about a third one. And maybe the answer is chicken wings. I don't know, mm. but um, we'll do the uh, Pinehurst Taco Festival. Yeah, and, and you know, we do a we do a pie festival where I'm originally from, a, a town very close to us, and they'll do a big auction. And you'll go to some sort of charity. And I think they have the Guinness World Record, or at least they did. And someone spent eleven or $12,000 on one pie, uh, just like oh. an apple pie. 
Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I also wouldn't turn down a pizza festival. That's because pizza's mm. pizza is <laughs> pizza. But this was pizza. a really fun conversation. It's been a very enjoyable to learn about this Pinehurst Barbecue Festival. But I think there's a way to have even more fun if you're willing to indulge us, uh, it, Andrew. And that is having a little bit of this or that, where you pick one when we give you two things in quick succession. And it's really, I guess a unique way to look into your psyche and how you pick and how you decide on things and what your preferences are. Uh, so, for example, if I were to say this or that, Fury 325 or Intimidator, you would say... Fury 325. Fury 325. Pick, okay. pick me, Is that your me. final that's answer? The, that's the key. <laughs> it, it, can't, it can't be a long... Str- it can't even be final answer. It's the first thing he yeah, says. I know. I'm kidding because, I mean, that was a really easy one. <laughs> it, it is. And I know you guys, you gave me a little bit of a shout out on your... Your most recent episode of the Golden Tickets, you somebody referred to the other one as Andrew Stillwell for talking about Fury as the best deal coaster. And I was like, you know what? Golden ticket voters aren't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and haven't been wrong for five five consecutive voting cycles, six years. So well, uh, I guess now that you've opened up the can of worms about the golden ticket awards, just one question. Where did you rank Candymonium? I have not ridden Candemonium, so I did not rank it. Oh, okay. That's, Man. This is, it's, I, I try with those rankings and I do take this fairly seriously. Um, I try to, I rank the ones I've written and then there are some that I know I like more than the general enthusiast committee would. And so I rank them a little bit higher than I typically would. I feel like, I feel like ravine flyer two and Jack rabbit at Kennywood um, are roller coasters. I rank very highly mm. and you know, People sleep on Jackrabbit because it's 101 years old, but that double down. Oh, it looks so is, aggressive. <laughs> it is so, so much fun. And they've, you know, you're sitting in this car, you've just got, you, it's not even a buzz bar. It's just a bar that you grab and you're in a seatbelt. So the airtime on that thing is phenomenal. Well, tell us this, Mr. Voter. Do they specifically say to the voters only select? ones that you have actually ridden or parks that you've actually eaten food at? I, I can't recall. Okay. I try to, cause I mean, I know the same people vote in this thing every year mm-hmm. and I'm not, right. I'm trying not, to, I don't think they're going to come after me for talking about my personal voting experience, but I rank things based on what I've experienced. Okay. And I, you know, for that reason, like best Halloween event, I know it's typically, Halloween Horror Nights. I've never been to Halloween Horror Nights, so I skip that one. Mm-hmm. And it's like I skip ones that I haven't don't really have a a knowledge of. Um best like best water park ride. I haven't been to a water park <laughs> in years. So with with it's no gotta be Master Blaster, you, apparently. Yeah, it's <laughs> well the last water park I went to was like Wet and Wild Emerald Point oh. in Greensboro. So that was back when they actually had the roller coaster credit there. So it's been years. Wow. Well, I was just curious because, of course, we we had a lot of fun with going through the Golden Ticket Awards in a recent episode of ours. And it is a great tool. It's a great marketing tool as well for a Mm -hmm. lot of parks and vendors and everything. Uh, But there are just some that... I want to take a harder look at and say, huh, how did that happen? Um, and so I am, I am curious about how, like, again, I'm not trying to go after them, but um, Candemonium getting the fifth best steel coaster and then I think second best new roller coaster. 
Um, it's just I, I want to learn more about how that happened. Not to not and, to go after them or anything, but just to learn a little bit more. There are other polls out there too. Like obviously we don't have the Mitch Hawker poll anymore, but there are other polls that tend to try and give a weighted score too. I think it's important to compare both of those uh, with the golden tickets too. Like, okay, did you, have you actually been on this? How many coasters have you been on? That gives a voter more weight as far as how their vote counts in the grand scheme of things. Right. One thing I, I want to just touch on a little bit, and this is, I could be wrong or right. This is a theory I have. A lot of the golden ticket voters are ACE members. And if you look where ACE had their, annual big their major event this year it was pennsylvania and so a lot of ace members got to ride candemonium it was fresh in their mind that's that's what i'm thinking but i could be completely wrong okay interesting i I think that's fair i wonder and i don't even think sky rush is on the top 25 it's just like such different experiences i think it kind of highlights what people want in specific groups of people because I'll meet people who are maybe, I don't want to like put people in a bucket, but people that have been enthusiasts for a lot longer of a time than I have. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Phoenix buzz bar, the, the wooden coaster, the traditional just up and down, up and down. They just love that. There's something different as opposed to the super punchy, even uncomfortable sky rush or steel vengeance or something like that. Yeah. Different strokes so for different good. folks. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. All right. So we're ready to do this. This with are we ready to do this, this or that? I am. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. Afterburn or Banshee? I love Afterburn, but I got to go with Banshee here. I think though I love the vest restraints. I love the smoothness of Banshee. I love that I'm not I Banshee. All it's right. it pains me to say as a Carowinds <laughs> Homer, but Banshee. I also one of my favorite color schemes of any coaster out there. Yeah. Yes. Looks amazing. I took it in the B&M draft for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wet ribs or dry ribs? I'm a sauce guy. And I'm not a big rib guy, rib fan in general. Yeah. So just in general, I got to go wet ribs, you know, just because I'm a barbecue sauce person. All right. Brisket or pork shoulder? Oh, God. I'm going to have to, like, turn in my North Carolinian card because I'm going to say brisket. Hey. Oh, that's understandable. Scare Windsor Winterfest. Believe it or not, Winterfest. And really? I yes. I like I've been to Winterfest at both Carowinds and King's Dominion. And I enjoy myself so much at that event and I don't even ride anything. And not to say I don't like Scarewinds. Scarewinds is a great event. I'm gonna go in a couple of weeks. But Winterfest is just the energy in the park and you know. It helps because Carowinds has the the Winterfest Wonderland Parade, and the parade is fantastic. I don't, I you can't beat a well done parade, mm-hmm. and the soundtrack is good. I some of the scares Scarewinds are really good. The uh, what is it? It's Red Ribbon Me. Oh, Slaughterhouse is a an immaculate scare zone or scare maze, haunted maze. But give me Winterfest. 10 times out of 10. Wow. I just, okay. I, I love Winterfest and I was really excited last year when both Carowinds and Kings Dominion kind of had like a mini Winterfest with um, taste of the season. I just, and it helped that it was like good to like get back in a park finally, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Win- Winterfest. Yeah, really glad to get back to the full scale winter event of Winterfest this year too. 
Yes. The next one, Knoebels food or Disneyland food. And here we are with the Golden Ticket Awards getting back to it. So I've never been to Knoebels. And the one time I went to Disneyland, I actually did Disneyland and California Adventure in the same day. Oh. And I ate at California Adventure. So I have actually not eaten at Disneyland or Knoebels. I cannot answer this question. Okay. I respect you pick a favorite food. <laughs> can, you, can you pick a place for your favorite food? Off, um, off the top of your head? What'd you, who'd you vote for? Golden tickets. I voted for Kings Island. Okay. And the the reason I voted for Kings Island is it was a little bit of recency bias. I was there this summer for coaster stock, but the Miami river brew house at Kings mm. Island, if you guys yes. have never been there, heard of that, that place is phenomenal. Mm. Chef Mitch and his team. I had this thing and you could, you could have taken it out of, that place you could have put it in any chain sports bar in America, and I would have been—I would not have been able to tell it was theme park food. It was wow. that good. They got wings. They do have wings. They have smoked wings. Oh, okay. Is this also so, the place that does the local craft brews? Mm-hmm. Okay, that—that's how I've heard of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is that. That is their craft brewery—not brewery, but craft beer establishment. Um, but the barbecue there is really good too. Yum. All right, chili with beans or chili with no beans? There is a correct answer. I I like chili with no beans. Again, Thank not you. a huge Thank chili, you. N- not a huge chili guy. And it, when I eat chili, it's predominantly on hot dogs. Like I'm not oh, chili man. as a as a stew or a soup oh. type of person. I'm just not a big soup guy individual like as a That's fine. That's fine. But chili with no beans yes. on a hot dog. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Intimidator Theory 5 a sky rush. I have ridden Intimidator 305, have never been to Hershey Park. Got to give it to I-305. All right. Flying scooters or Ferris wheel? Um, This is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with flying scooters unless it's one of those big – I the whatever the Orlando Eye is calling itself these days. If it's the wheel, the icon – Orlando Ferris wheel. I don't know what it's calling itself, but if, if it's one of those huge, enormous Ferris wheels where you have this amazing like air conditioned pod mm-hmm. and a really cool view. And if you're riding it at the right time, you can see the fireworks at Disney or the pyro at universal. I got to go that, but if I can pick a flying scooter, the mountain gliders at Carowinds formerly of Kings Island, um, you can still snap those, and if you know what you're doing, Ooh. they can be a really, really fun flight hey. ride. Okay. Well, Steel Vengeance or Lightning Rod? Another two coasters I have not ridden. Um, Which looks been cooler down. to you? Oh, man. Steel Vengeance, you're gonna make, probably. You're going you're gonna to make me do this, aren't I you? <laughs> oh, man. Lightning Rod. All right. Reverse Sear or Traditional Sear? So we were talking offline, and I don't – know if i've actually had anything that's been reverse seared before i'm kind of i'm not as sophisticated as some might think i am um nice. i hang out with good good company <laughs> as evidenced by the two guys i'm looking at in the oh. zoom window well it, but it's uh, i mean it's with the uh, smoking like i just this summer first attempted a reverse sear for the first time it's where you get something like a, a ribeye, you smoke it for 45 minutes to get that smoke flavor into it. Then you take it out and you make the smoker really hot so that it's closer to like a, a real wood fire grill. Then you put uh, a cast iron pan in there so that that gets hot up to, up there too, around 400 to 450 degrees. You sear the meat on both sides and then you take it out. 
Oh my goodness, it was delicious. And then a traditional sear is the opposite, where you sear it and then you put it in the oven. I'm going to go with a reverse sear, but it, you have to cook it for me the next time we see each other in person. Hey, sounds like a plan. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, or Bush Gardens, Tampa. Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Thank and you. The reason the reason why is Celtic fire. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, that is show. correct. <laughs> so I've I love the roller coasters. We actually have a um, there's an article on our website coaster101.com. If I'm allowed to advertise yeah, myself. Um, that Kyle on our team, the designer of the Flaming Pinecone Barbecue Festival logo, he went to both Bush Gardens Tampa and Bush Gardens Williamsburg this summer, and he kind of wrote like a Battle of the Bush Gardens article, and he had kind of a cop out answer. He's like, "They're both great, so it really depends on what you're looking for and where you are." <laughs> but the live entertainment at Bush Gardens, specifically Celtic Fire and a former show they had called Mix It Up, which I don't know if they have at the park right now. Not anymore, but they uh, have a version of it for Hollow Scream, the smaller version. Okay. I, Celtic Fire, bar none, best theme park show I've ever seen in my life. I would so agree it's with that. It's got to mm-hmm. be Bush Gardens Williamsburg here. And I love Bush Gardens Tampa. I was there, this would have been fall 2019 because Iron Gwazi was in process of being built. And I interviewed Andrew Schaefer, who was their uh, project manager for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But Cheetah Hunt is great. Sheikra is great. But you, Bush Gardens Williamsburg Live Entertainment just kind of pushes it over the edge for me. All right. Well, let me add another impromptu this to that. Celtic Fire or Dreamland Drive-In? I haven't seen Dreamland Drive-In, Celtic Fire. Oh, That's easy. Okay. Well, Dreamland <laughs> Drive-In. Yeah, Celtic Fire is better, but Dreamland <laughs> Drive-In is also really good. It's the the big stage show at Dollywood usually where they have a, a full pit, a real pit of instrumentalists and then a very large cast and, of course, hits through the decades. And so that's a winning combination, a winning formula as well. But back to the this or that, baby back ribs or spare ribs? Also, yeah, like I mentioned, not a huge rib guy, uh, baby back ribs. All right. Potato salad or corn salad oh wait a minute no that's not what this says here i changed it because you talked about that corn salad (laughs) oh man don't do this to me um gotta keep you on your toes i know i've had really good the corn salad is phenomenal but if you've got a really really good like a baked potato salad i'm talking um, amish potato salad i what is amish what is that i don't know it's what it says at the grocery store when i buy it (laughs) it's a potato salad that doesn't believe in electricity Yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, I like electricity, but I I gotta go potato yeah, salad. Yeah, it sounds like you're it's, going for more of the consistent. Like you can have potato salad nine out of ten like, times, and you're like, "This is great." It's yeah. I I I'm picking both. Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> That's it's fine. A, it's a cop. It's a cop out answer. I know it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but I like both of those, and I can't pick. But Andrew, I mean, show aside, can I be real with you for a moment? Always. Because I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm concerned. Um, and I, I, I want to be gentle with how I bring it up. But I'm a little nervous and, like I said, concerned that the next time that you have corn salad, it's not going to be what you hope it to be. I'm, I'm worried that you're building up the past experience that you had at the festival as this, like, mythic, godlike experience because it was a perfect day. You were feeling that event adrenaline and that corn just really hit right. And the next time you do it, you're going to have, your expectations are going to be up here. 
And I'm just I, worried about how that's going to go down. I will say that since the barbecue festival, because this was Labor Day weekend, so the beginning of September, um, my girlfriend has made corn salad twice. She's made it two separate ways. It was very good. Okay. Fantastic. It was, it took me right back to the barbecue festival. Oh, so good. I don't think you, <laughs> I, I, I understand your concern, but when you have the flavor of the fresh corn, I mean, this isn't like canned corn. This is like off the cob, freshly shucked. It is, mm. you're, you're sleeping on it. I just, I've got to tell you. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, that that'll work. I want to ask if he, are, are you, are you baked beans or are you coleslaw? I am coleslaw. I'm okay. not a big baked bean guy. Okay. And it really, it depends on the coleslaw though. I do have to kind of caveat that a little bit. There, there's certain coleslaw, especially in North Carolina on the Western side of the state, they do like this chopped red slaw, mm. which is kind of like a tomatoey ketchup base. It's kind of not appetizing. Um, certain places on the um, Eastern part of the state, they do kind of a very finely chopped mustard slaw, which is okay. Not my favorite, but if you can get a like a nice kind of not super finely chopped, but a sliced cabbage, chopped cabbage, um, some mayonnaise, mustard, mm -hmm. kind of a Dijon flavor. Yep. I mean, kind of that more classic mayonnaise based coleslaw is kind of where I sit on that fence. Mm, all right. <laughs> well, we only have a few other that's left. Zadra or Iron Guazi, both RMCs that look incredible. You haven't ridden them yet. Which one looks better? Um, I'm going to say Iron Quasi looks better for the uh, reason that I don't have to buy a transcontinental flight to ride it. <laughs> Understood. Candemonium or Mako? I've ridden Mako. I've not ridden Candemonium. I I know you're you're trying to stick it to the golden ticket voters. I'm not here, trying to stick it. I'm just trying to do a little <laughs> empirical evidence. <laughs> um, the answer to that question is Apollo's Chariot. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Oh wow! And just uh, but also, but if if you're making me pick Mako, because simply for the reason I've ridden it. All right, and then the last one here. Oh, who added this one? Um, Corkscrew convos or Coaster One Hundred One? The podcast. No comment. Pleading the fifth. <laughs> ah, pick your podcast. Ah, fine. The Coaster One Hundred One podcast. Oh, sorry. You know, we've had, the. It's okay. It's you know everybody loves their colons. You know. Coaster 101, the podcast, actually probably would have been a better name for it. But when we were coming up with it, I just, I was like, let's just call it the Coaster 101 podcast. Yeah. And they were like, okay, cool. Hey, that, well, so that's what, that's what we went with and it stuck. Yeah, it's, it's great too. But while we're on the topic, why don't you plug all of Coaster 101? Absolutely. I would love to. And I appreciate you guys giving me the, uh, the platform to do it. Um, I am a writer for Coaster101.com. We've got a really um, uh, great website if you're into reading articles. I know there's other podcasts out there. Um, if I'm allowed to mention the drunk writers who kind of give us crap for writing articles and expecting people to read them. <laughs> Wait, have but, they um, had you on their podcast yet? They haven't. We've got like this beef. I've been oh. on with you guys twice <laughs> because oh. you you – for some reason, like me, and I appreciate it, and I love you guys, uh, have not been on the Drunk Riders yet. I um, They've mentioned me on a couple episodes, but haven't actually had me on there. Huh. But one day... Marcus, Marcus and team, if you're listening, you know, this, Do this it. is, this could, this could be us, but you playing. But you mm -hmm. playing. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, 
We're also on all social media at Coaster 101, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, kind of like you guys, we're active on some of them, more active on some of them than we are others. And we're trying to get better at being active on all of them. But um, I personally really like our Twitter account because that's the one I have a lot of fun with. Um, but we do have a podcast, like um, Chris mentioned. We recently had uh, Skyline Attractions. We had Jeff Pike, the president, and Tyler Mullins, who's one of their design engineers. Really, really good conversation about everything they're working on and how much they touch the industry and all the work they do with GCI and the models they did for SeaWorld, um, SeaWorld's Coaster Coffee Company. Um, and this new kitty coaster, have you guys seen this? The Paschetti Bowl that uh-huh. yes, Skyline and is- all the alliterations of it. Yes, or iterations, not alliteration. The oh, let's see, how would I do a alliteration with a silent P? The super <laughs> P apostrophe super spaghetti Paschetti Bowl coaster that works. Um, is this thing is going to be awesome once it finally gets to an FEC or smaller park? It's gonna give um, it's gonna give the little figure eight spinners a ride for their money, in my opinion. But um, we also had you know um, Taylor and Sarah from Coaster Studios and Scott from Upstop Media about their RMC documentary. Uh, we had Raul Renborg from Valley Fair, the general manager. Uh, we had Nancy Hurd on. Uh, the general manager of Glenwood Caverns. This is right after they announced Defiance. Nice. So that was a good get. So if you like this podcast, come over to the dark side, check ours out. You know, we're, we all love each other and get along in this community. And that's one of my favorite things. But um, if you're listening here, give us a listen over at Coaster 101. Check us out wherever you consume internet, coaster, talking and communication, <laughs> be, be it on websites or on social media. Yeah, you don't have a Discord yet? We we don't. I I honestly I've I'm familiar enough with Discord. We don't have one. Right. Um just because you know the eight of us, we've all got full-time jobs. Some of yeah. us have families, some of us have kids. And um it's another thing, and I know you know with the full-time work, and you guys can probably speak to this too. It's um, you find time to kind of do your passion projects like your podcast and your website, and then mm-hmm. you have to find some extra time to do some other things. And I think at Discord, we did have a like a reader Facebook group for a while, yeah, and that died very quickly. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't want to I don't want to moderate a Discord. It's the reason I haven't done it for the exact <laughs> right. reason you said. Mm-hmm. Our Twitter is good enough. If you yeah, want to, exactly. if you want to just talk roller coasters, hit us up on Twitter at coaster one Oh one. And then hit me up on t- Twitter at Stillwell, uh one L in the middle two at the end. And I will tell you why um, your opinion on fury three, two, five is valid or invalid. Chris. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, speaking of corkscrew convos, we are on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, corkscrew convos. We also have an email address, corkscrew convos at gmail.com. DJ, I haven't told you this yet, but I'm starting to have a few more ideas about TikTok again. And I know that we had a sort of flash in the pan of TikTok posts. It was like two a day for a little bit, and then we ran out of ideas. But I I think that we're working on a few things that will uh, reestablish TikTok as a great platform uh, to consume a little bit more Corkscrew Convos content. Well, perfect, because as you told me, um, if I have to think about making it, probably shouldn't make the TikTok. So <laughs> Just do it, and the algorithm will either yeah. pick it up in the, the moving river of 
hashtags and all of that, or it will sink to the bottom of the river like a rock. That's, that's, that's true. just the that's nature true. of the beast. Just use that good soup sound. Ah, good soup. Yeah. Soup. yeah. <laughs> Man, there's some ones I see that and I'm like, oh gosh, I, I get I get goosebumps when I see the wrong ones. But uh, there is a reason to follow us on each platform, whether, whether it's memes on Twitter, photos on Instagram, uh, Chris's new DSLR on Instagram, I should new, say. New, it's like 12 uh, years old. <laughs> it was well, the one you've come be. into possession of, your, yeah. your Canon Rebel, that's fine. Uh, and discussions and articles on Facebook for now. Uh, and even Twitch, we're on Twitch. So we do a live show every Thursday, 7.30 Central Time. Uh, that could be really anything. Sometimes we'll surprise viewers and say we're going to do the podcast episode but there's more behind the scenes you can get involved add some topics live if you'd like to and other times we just go through random things and just talk about news i think we did a really hot intensive episode a few weeks ago so you never really know what you're going to get there we had a really nice impromptu discussion about forrest gump a couple of episodes ago don't know what brought it on oh no i do it was because i have the bubba gump shrimp hat (laughs) that's right chris Um, wears a new hat every episode so that's a reason to at least check us out on twitch we're also trying to get 25 star apple reviews so if you can do that if you've made it to the end of the show please do that. It's the best way to help us. It's free. Uh, if you do that, Chris is going to reveal his personal chili recipe, which is probably fine considering there's no beans in it. Um, but if we do get to 20 Twitch followers, uh, he will also reveal that recipe. If you're hearing this end of show business, you've been listening dutifully, haven't turned it off yet and you're liking it. Well, we think you're great too, but we'd also say go ahead and follow the show because uh, it's a great way to uh, keep in contact with uh, the, the content that we are putting out on these podcast platforms. As soon as we post it out, it'll put it in your feed so that you can listen to it when you want. But until next time, my name is Chris. My name is DJ. And my name is Andrew. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>